The year was 1937. In the quaint, old English countryside, there was a patch of woodland full of pine trees. A mysterious foreign visitor with a pink suit was exploring his surroundings. He inspected pine cones and pine needles and waited and waited. And then he saw his opportunity. He grabbed his victim. The woolly coat the hapless creature was wearing couldn't save him. And nobody heard him scream. And in years to come, people would say about the stranger, well, he's not as bad as his cousin. But for his prey, there was no such comfort. to episode 11 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust. So there was a slight delay to today's episode because among other things there's been a family emergency sort of ongoing in the last few weeks and I'm sure you guys understand that I couldn't bring the episode out on time. So I'm just going to quickly do my podcast recommendation and then get started. So this week's podcast recommendation is the UK Wildlife Podcast. Every week Neil and Vic take a look at whatever is happening in the world of the UK's animals. They discuss topics such as ponds, migratory birds, migratory other animals, and so on. And I thoroughly recommend listening to the show. The last episode I listened to was an interview with Adrian Thomas from the RSPB about the Big Garden Birdwatch, which of course was this weekend. And I think on Monday as well, I'm not sure. So, let's get started. Today's ladybird is Harmonia quadripunctata, the cream-streaked ladybird, or in older terminology, the four-spot ladybird, although it usually does have more than four spots. And if the word Harmonia sounds familiar to you, that is because there is another ladybird starting with Harmonia in the UK, which is perhaps slightly less welcome. I am, of course, referring to Harmonia axirinus, or the harlequin ladybird. But what I'm going to talk about today is a lot less controversial, but is a close relative of the harlequin. So, a lot of what's been said about it is comparing it to its notorious relative. We do know, for example, that the Cream Street Ladybird arrived in the UK in 1937 from Europe. And since then, the population has only been spreading throughout the country very slowly. There are still lots of parts where you don't find it. But, on the other hand, the Harlequin has spread throughout the country very, very rapidly since its arrival in the early 2000s, 2004 I think it is and severely impacted a lot of species, particularly the two spots. And I've discussed before how European ladybirds have arrived elsewhere in the world and had quite a devastating impact. But what's interesting as well here is that the Cream Street ladybird arrived in the USA in 1924. It hasn't really spread. It's still only found in a few places and doesn't really seem to be causing any harm. It's just going along, doing its thing not really creating any problems at all. According to the Influential Point site, which is where I got a lot of the information for this episode, quote, Harmonia quadripunctata was first recorded in Britain in East Anglia in 1937 and took 50 years to spread west to Devon in southwest England. 
but it took Harmonia Axiridis just two years to spread from East Anglia to Devon. So that's the sort of comparison side by side of how invasive the two species are, which with the Cream Street ladybird is like not very. I found two Cream Street ladybirds in the last year, and one thing to say about them is that they're very, very pretty ladybirds. They've got the name quadripunctata because there's two main forms. On one form, there are two side spots on either side, hence the name quadripunctata, or four spot. And in the other form, they can have as many as 16. They range from light brown to a pinky burgundy colour, and they are usually cream-coloured or white streaks down the side of the elytra. There is a slight ridge around the elytra, which is paler than the rest of it, and the ladybird can have quite a flattened appearance. The pronotum is white and patterned with several black spots. And like its cousin, it's got brown legs. So anytime you hear someone saying, if it's got brown legs, it's definitely a harlequin. You should kill it or chuck it down the toilet or something. That's just not the case at all, because loads of ladybirds have actually got brown legs. So this is quite a large ladybird. It can be about five to seven millimetres long, similar size to a seven spot and it can be confused with a few other species. For example, it can look a bit like a ten spot. We haven't really talked about ten spots on the show yet, but the ten spot can come in an orangey form, with ten or twelve spots on its elytra, and lots of spots on its head. But they tend to be a lot smaller. And additionally, apart from the spots, they're a bit more uniform in colour, they don't have these pale, streaky markings. They can be confused with one of the harlequin forms, Succinia, as it's got a similar colouring, and the two are often mistaken for each other. I mean, I frequently confuse the two. I found a harlequin, which I thought was a cream street ladybird. And, you know, if you find one, sometimes you have to be looking quite carefully to make sure it's actually what you're looking at. The larval forms of the cream street ladybird, sorry, but they're even more difficult to tell apart from the harlequin than the adults are. They look exactly the same until the fourth instar which is the last time the larva molts before it becomes a pupa. They're really, really hard to tell apart. The cream streak ladybird larva is a blue-black colour like the harlequin. It has orange stripes on both sides, which exactly is what the harlequin has. The only thing telling it apart is that when it gets to the final instar, the cream streak ladybird larva has one pair of orange dots on its back, which are really small and hard to see, in between these stripes, and the harlequin has two pairs. And that just shows the importance of, as I've said many times on the show, not seeing something and saying, oh, it's a harlequin, I'm going to kill it now. Because you could actually be killing a ladybird, which is quite rare and isn't really hurting anyone. And as we will see quite shortly, is in quite a bit of trouble. So don't do it. The Cream Street ladybird has had overall a lot less of an impact than the harlequin. It's certainly attracted less media attention. You don't hear stories of killer Cream Street ladybirds eating someone's dog or giving someone a horrendous disease or whatever. That's because it's less of an invasive species. They go for quite a specialist habitat, predominantly in pine forests. And they also tend to go for specialist food. I've only ever found a Cream Street ladybird twice, to my knowledge, both in the last year. One was on a nettle near to some conifers and one was on a street sign, but there were pine trees nearby. According to the Influential Points website, again, the Cream Street Ladybird is most often found in Scots Pine, but it can also be found on Douglas Fir, 
Norway spruce and other exotic conifers. They can also be found on almond and peach trees, as well as nettles and other plants near to conifers. So, I mean, are you detecting a theme here about this ladybird's habitat? Because I can't think of anything. No, I can't think of anything. So, what does the Cream Street ladybird predominantly eat? I bet you will never guess the answer in a million years. Marmite on toast? Sushi? Pepperoni pizza? Fry up? Or how about a salmon and cream cheese bagel? All perfectly good guesses. But if you said any of those, I'm really sorry, but you're wrong. These ladybirds don't eat any of those. They actually eat aphids. But you're totally shocked there. According to Influential Points again, they also eat adelgids, which are an aphid-like insect with a waxy coating. They will eat the grey pine needle aphid, the Scots pine adelgid, the spruce shoot aphid, and even invasive pests such as the Monterey pine needle aphid, which came to the UK from America. So when you see the Cream Street ladybird walking around against the pine needles, it's very obvious that there's a ladybird there, as it's quite big and brightly coloured, displaying its sort of aposematic coloration, so if any bird comes along and fancies a pine needle snap, it won't go there. However, it will sit on shoots and young pine cones which have similar colours to it, so it is quite camouflaged. Basically, whether it's walking around or resting, its colours help protect it. But there is a problem. Although the Cream Street Ladybird has been expanding its range in the UK, it is very likely to be affected by climate change. A 2016 study by N.A. Belyakova, among others, showed that if the temperature is constantly 30 degrees or above without going down, this will actually kill the ladybird's eggs before it can hatch. And the ladybirds also tend to develop best when the days are relatively short, so like sort of spring and like sort of early summer. The optimum temperature for the larvae to develop seems to be about 25 degrees with a 14 to 16 hour photo period, which means 14 to 16 hours of daylight. In around 25 degree conditions of the 16 hour day, that's when the female will lay the most eggs. The female will start laying her eggs at about 13.5 degrees C, and the minimum temperature for the ladybird to develop from an egg into an adult is 12 degrees. So the ladybird does actually tolerate very cold conditions. In winter, they will hibernate beneath the bark of a tree or in leaf litter. It's speculated that the reason why it's still not very common compared to the harlequin could be because of these temperature and lighting requirements in order to develop in the spring and its specialist habitat and diet. There's also the other issue that it tends to be a lot less fertile than the harlequin, which can have multiple generations in a year, as well as being, in general, the harlequin is slightly bigger. But on average, the Cream Street ladybird only lays 800 eggs, whereas some of the others can lay sort of several thousand. The Cream Street Ladybird is unfortunately susceptible to a number of bacterial diseases, some of which affect the number of male and female eggs which survive to adulthood, killing most of the males. That's something I'm going to do a whole episode on, as it affects many different types of ladybirds, so I'm not going to talk about too much in depth. Despite this, the Cream Street Ladybird is found in parts of the Middle East and in northern and southern Europe as well as having been introduced to parts of North America, 
it is probably the most common large ladybird found on conifers. But nonetheless, it is quite sad that the relatively mild temperature of 30 degrees can kill their eggs if maintained consistently. When it's frequently getting much higher than that, as we know, due to climate change, a large part of it due to human activity. I really hope you've enjoyed this episode and that if you've got any pine trees or conifers nearby, you'll look out for this ladybird. It's not one you see every day, but it is very pretty. If you've enjoyed this episode, then please like my Facebook page, Hidden Wings and Bloodlust, or follow me on Twitter at HWABpodcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at 365.ladybird. If you like this show and want to support me, you can sign up to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash hiddenwingsandbloodlust. Music at the start of the show is by Deborah Torrance, and music at the end is Boardroom Walk by Cascad Cax, Mr. Pinnacle. Thank you for listening, and goodbye for now. I'm in 65